Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast, Jess here, and I get the pleasure of talking with one of my most favorite people on the planet, that's no lie, Barbara, she's your tax coach on Instagram, welcome friend. Oh, thank you, you're one of my favorites too. (laughs) That's crazy how that works out, and I was just reminiscing with Tim, so for those of you guys who don't know, we've talked about Barbara probably more than 20 times on the podcast. (laughs) Both Laura and I adore her. She has helped our individual businesses and the Modern Mamas community in more ways that we can count by getting our money mindset, our money strategy, our money, like the technical parts of owning a business, like actually under control. And we are just blessed by your knowledge and just so excited to hear from you today on a really important topic. So we had you on our retreat to talk about money mindset. And so I feel like that was an unexpected, I think people were interested about that topic, but I didn't really, I don't think people realized how much it would really impact them in their view of, yes, of course their relationship with money, but like their relationship with with themselves and like their worth and like their relationship with their parents and like their, their family of origin. Like it goes so deep, right? Oh man. It can like really open a can of worms, a can of worms. But I feel like it's one of those things where we, our relationship with money, we kind of like put band-aids over it and over it and over it. And in order to like truly heal a lot of those things that are wrapped up in money and how we view ourselves, we kind of have to like rip it off and just like bring it out into the open and be like, okay, like that's where that's coming from, you know? And I feel like a lot of people at the retreat really like were getting the bandaid ripped off. Didn't you feel like that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I never want to be the bandaid ripper, but (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) I feel like talking about money always does that. It really does. And I, my hope is, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys who don't know Barbara, I'm going to give you guys a little brief intro to Barbara, but like, my hope is that even people who are like, Oh, I don't know if I want to listen to this episode because I'm scared of money, come into it with an open heart and open mind and ready to kind of like, I don't know, just hear 
what Barbara has to say and see where it resonates and like, see how you can apply it to your life. So anywho, Barbara, let's talk a little bit about you. So you are the owner of your tax coach, which is, which is a tax consulting company. Barbara helps business owners, entrepreneurs, and self-employed individuals save money in taxes. And I think we all can get behind that. She can look at a tax return and within seconds, tell you some tax strategies that could save you thousands of dollars per year. Her typical client saves over $20,000 every single year. She shares bite-sized tax money and business tips that are easily digestible. No stuffy accountant talk here. I can vouch for that for sure. And she has lived all over the country with her military husband and three kids. She loves coffee, weightlifting, and saving people money. Man, are you just like living your dream life over there? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) COVID's kind of stopped, you know, the dream life. But yeah. Because you like traveling too, right? Like y'all had big plans to like travel and stuff this year that I know you've had to kind of not completely put off the rails, but you know, adjust a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. We love to travel. We were supposed to live in France this summer for like for the military and that got pushed back. And then we had a couple of trips planned that have all been canceled. We just canceled New Zealand for Christmas, but Mm. we are pivoting and we're going to do Hawaii and hopefully Hawaii stays open. They just reopened Hawaii last week. And Mm. so hopefully it stays open and we can take the kids there for Christmas. But oh my gosh, still like, I just love that the ability to pivot though, and still find things that you can find joy in and man, but New Zealand for Christmas would have been magical. Hopefully y'all are still tabling that for the future. Yes. Yeah. That's our like, happy place we've been there before that's where we got pregnant with hunter so we call him our little kiwi baby (laughs) but yeah definitely we'll be back there as soon as we can new zealand is very strict on covid stuff but that's Mm -hmm. probably also why they like don't have any cases yeah yeah that's yeah bummer but i'm sure you guys will be back there soon i just love hearing it i mean obviously so we officially i think have been working together for pretty much a year now. Cause it was about this time last year that we had Tim and I like hopped on the phone with you and we're like, help us, please. We're drowning. We're, you know, two entrepreneurs with multiple streams of income. Like I haven't figured out how to like keep track of my expenses. Like we've got all these things. And I remember, I don't really even remember how we got connected, but it was like, Hey, let's hop on a discovery call. And Tim and I just instantly fell in love with you. And like, not in a weird, creepy way, but just, I think it's the, the peace of mind that you were able to give us. And even just a short call, you answered all of our questions. You've always been so accessible and you really care. And I think that is huge, right? So I know a lot of my, when I would talk about you to my friends, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you have to get Barbara to like help you. She's going to change your life. They're like, well, we have an account. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this is not the same. This is completely different. And so I'm just so grateful that we did get connected. And truthfully, I'll share a little bit more about my story and how you've changed our lives here in a little bit. But so today we're going to talk about money and money to a lot of people are, is a four letter word. I think, you know, you either are obsessed with it. Like it's a, the best thing ever, or like you are obsessed with it. Like, oh my gosh, I hate money. You know, there's so many feelings tied up into money. And I know you're going to talk about what money is and like why we need it and, you know, how to look at it, but it is, it's like a, it's kind of a, a hot button topic. And I think especially in like relationships and marriage and all that stuff, it can get really 
what's the word I'm looking for? can get really fueled, right? And so today I think we're going to talk, we're going to talk mostly about money mindset, what that is, what that looks like, and how transforming your relationship with money can really like change your life. And we'll hopefully dive into some actionable steps that we can start doing to reclaim your relationship with money in a positive way, which is what is my wish for everybody. But before we do that, like, tell us about more about yourself besides the bio stuff. Like, tell us why you are right now building this business, why you're passionate about it and how you kind of got to doing what you're doing now. Oh man, good question. And I get that a lot. Like my clients are like, how do you like doing this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) I know. And you're so good at it. I'm like, oh, and really it just comes down to like, if I can help a family save money so that they can go on their dream family vacation or I had a client this year buy their dream piece of land for them to build their house on. I had a client buy her husband his dream truck. Like that is really what it comes down to is like helping families. But I think the reason why I came into this line of work started like when I was a kid. And I think it does come down to like your money story. And I can talk about more more about that later but I grew up really really poor my parents were always on you know like government programs my mom like worked at Taco Bell and Motel 6 as like a cleaning person and like you know just did whatever they could they at one point were even arrested for stealing groceries at the grocery store because we needed food like Mm -hmm. grew up poor right and so I had all of these money traumas that I didn't even really realize were affecting me. And I kind of always wanted like big things and expensive things. And my parents would be like, why do you even want those things? Like you think you're just too good. And I just knew there was like a better way. I didn't want my family to grow up poor. I didn't want my kids to be in a situation like that. And so I've kind of created this life and business that and and mindset of money is just a resource mm-hmm. and it's unlimited and you can create as much of it as you want as long as you don't limit yourself yeah and that's that's kind of what we had talked about during the retreat it's, it's a tool right like money has we give it all of these like meanings right and we assign all these feelings to it where we get you know so worked up about it And like when it really comes down to it, it's a tool to purchase things, to put a roof over your head, to do, you know, achieve different goals. But I will echo like what you had said. Like I come from a very similar background in terms of of money and like just a lot of everything that you were saying, essentially. And it's funny because we were talking before we started recording. Tim was like, make sure you ask her about why you always get so stressed about money. And it's so Interesting because I still feel like when I start to dive into why do those feelings of anxiety come up, even when we're just having a casual conversation about like, what do you want to do with this money? <laughs> or like, here's a bill. Like, where do you want to pay it from? Like, which account do you want to pay it from? I would just get so anxious. And it's still, every time I think about it, it goes back to feeling like or seeing my parents struggle so much and feeling like 
there wasn't enough money and there never was going to be enough money. And that's just the way that like people deal with money is that there's not enough. And it's a very stressful mm-hmm. thing. Cause that's what I saw in my life play out. So that's, I'm sure a lot of people are probably like shaking their head. I'm sure people can see similarities to our individual stories, but why do you think money is such a hard subject for people to talk about? Like, why does it feel so taboo? I mean, it's taboo because we make it taboo. Like nobody talks about it because nobody talks about it. But I think if you start talking about it with a friend or your spouse, like it becomes a lot easier to talk about. And it's weird, right? Like we'll have, we'll be sitting with our girlfriends and we can talk about sex and we can talk about our marriage and relationships and all these things. And like, nobody asks, Hey, how much did you put in your retirement account this year? (laughs) Like, you know, money is just, nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. But I think if the conversation was started with friends, like, I mean, people would blabber on forever Mm -hmm. because there's just so many issues that come up with it. It's very much a cultural thing too. Like it's very much an American concept. Like I've studied a lot of other cultures with money and it's just very different than the American mindset of money. Like in Asian cultures, for example, their worth is not put on money. It's put on their morals and ethics. And so like somebody that is rich is not necessarily monetarily rich. They're more of like a very ethical and moral person. So that's very interesting. And places like Vietnam, they rely a lot on other family members sending them money from other countries. And so they're very open about how much money they have and what they need and those sort of things. And it's just not something that we talk about here in the U S absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. And this is from a very uneducated observation. I was watching this show called Emily in Paris on Netflix and the, you know, it's full of like stereotypes, I'm sure. And I've never been to, to France, but they were talking like the French people were observing her and she's American and she's just like, you know, gets there at eight and she's like ready to work. And like, she lives to work. She wants to talk about work all the time. And the, the, the French people were like, you guys have it backwards. Like we, we work to, or yeah, we work to live. Like the job is something that we kind of just do, but like Mm -hmm. Americans live to work. And like, it's so like, you kind of alluding to like our monetary value is so wrapped up in our, in our worth, I guess. So like, And I would, I would definitely, I have observed that in like close social circles. It's like, I think people are like, oh, if I don't make a lot of money, then therefore I'm not, I'm not worthy. Right. Like I'm, I I can't tell anybody that because I don't want them to look at me differently or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. France is definitely like that. We were there last year and I found myself getting frustrated because Nobody was out on the streets until like noon. And I'm like, what is everybody doing? And my husband's like, they're sleeping. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do they how do they work? But yeah, it it stems from like back in the day with like manufacturing here in the US. You know, everyone's value was put on what you produced. Mm -hmm. And just generationally, it's kind of been embedded in us, which Mm -hmm. is weird to think about, right? Like we had nothing to do with that era, but it just you know, we were born with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for sure, it keeps getting kind of like, it kind of morphs with each generation. And it's interesting. I think we also talked about this during the retreat. It was like, my dad and I had a conversation 
know, it was probably like a year or two ago. And he, you know, he respects me and he, he is happy that I found work that I love to do. But he like made this comment out of nowhere. And I was like, really? But he was like, you know, I, it would be, I love my dad, but he, he's very set in his like mindset, but he was like, basically expressing the sentiment that like I should stay home and not be working like at all Mm -hmm. because that's kind of like what he was raised with. And that's what my mom did. She ended up like cleaning houses for a living, you know, when we were younger to kind of like make ends meet, but for the most part, she, she didn't work. And so it's just interesting how that like it has morphed generation by generation. And I don't know, it's just very, very interesting. So what is this concept of, we, we've been throwing out the term like money mindset, right? So like, what is that? It feels like one of those just like vague terms where people are like, do you have a money mindset? What does it mean to you? And why, like, how can people learn to understand what that is? Yeah. I mean, it's something I'm working on all the time. I work on it every morning when I journal, but really it's just about working on your scarcity mindset. So a lot of these money lies that we tell ourselves, which they are lies, like money is evil or money is limited or I don't deserve this thing or that thing. All of those are scarcity mindset, you know, lies that we tell ourselves. So it's really working on what are the truths about money and how can money support you and help you? You know, money is literally just a piece of paper that we've turned into some sort of value to to barter with things that we want. And so, you know, just shifting it to money is just a resource and money can bring you security. It's not inherently evil or good. Maybe how somebody spends it can be evil or good, but money itself can bring security, it can bring freedom. And so whenever you find yourself, you know, stressing about money or a bill, you know, write it out, see where that's coming from. The truth is probably that, yes, you do have the money to pay for it. Maybe you don't want to because you're fearful that money will run out one day or you just have a weird, funky feeling about paying a certain bill because maybe you don't actually need it. Like, I don't know, all the services that we pay for every month, like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all these things. And so you're just like, oh, I don't want to pay that thing. Well, then get rid of it. Don't let it be funky, like in your, however you might think of things. Your energy, your vibe. Yeah, (laughs) your energy. And this can be, you know, when I talk about money mindset, you can, you can talk to God, you can talk to angels, you can talk to the universe, like your energy, whatever name you put to it, doesn't matter. It's all, it's all the same. But really, it's just finding like that root cause and switching it from a lie to a truth. And so it's like, is this evil? No, it's not. It's just security. Or I don't know, I'm trying to think of other other examples. But really, it's just about switching your mindset from scarcity to abundance. And I think a lot of it for a lot of people is that money will run out. Or or if you receive money, you don't deserve it. That's mm-hmm. another one, mm-hmm. which is also a lie. Everybody deserves money. And if you do receive money, then maybe it's going to go away. It's not something that's 
that you deserve to have stick around. And so those are all different things that you can you can work out in yourself. And for me, that's with journaling and listening to meditations, or there's a ton of money mindset coaches and teachers and leaders, but really it's just switching kind of how your brain is talking to yourself about money. Hi friends, Laura here. Also shroom lover. (laughs) If you've been following me for long, you know that I love myself some shrooms in the morning. And I am super excited that Four Sigmatic is now offering a really, really rad ground mushroom coffee with both lion's mane and chaga. It's totally shifted my mornings. I find that typical coffee leaves me anxiety prone, a little bit extra stressed out and feeling like I'm spinning my wheels, but not actually being productive. This coffee is very, very different. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. If you don't know, Four Sigmatic is a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. So chaga is the king of mushrooms. And right now, chaga is actually my favorite because it's boosting immunity, it's making me feel good, and that in combination with lion's mane, which helps give me a brain boost, really makes for an awesome day. I'm super excited right now to let you know that we've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling brand new Lion's Mane Coffee. This is just for the Modern Mamas podcast listeners. Because we love you, you can receive up to 39% off their best-selling Lion's Mane Coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash modernmamas. This offer is not available on their regular website. Go to F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash modern mamas and fuel your your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The full discount will be applied at checkout. Enjoy. Happy shrooming. Yeah. And it's so crazy. You know, when I think about like my own money lies, I guess that, and and I, I feel like I've come a long way. I think when I was like in my early to mid twenties, it was like, I just wanted to not think about money at all. And it was like, I, I didn't know how much money was really coming in. I mean, I knew how much I got paid, but it was like, I didn't really, it was like, I'd get paid. I would just spend my money and then, you know, hope that there was money in there at the end of the month and then just repeat that cycle all over again. It was like, I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to make sure that like I can eat. And then when I, married Tim, you know, we both have very similar stories as well. And so we had seen our, our parents struggle. Both of our parents are divorced numerous times. And a lot of the the issues around the divorce, you know, there are many, many issues I'm sure, but like money always seemed to be a wedge. Right. And so we were like, we're not going to let this happen to us. <laughs> like our, like it happened to our parents. And so for the first time in my late twenties, we were like, what's our debt? Like how much, like, let's, let's look at this. Like, do we, what are we paying? Like we're paying student loans. We've got cars, we've got, you know, X, Y, Z credit card bills or whatever. And it was the first time we actually like looked at our money on paper, like to see just what it, what it looks like and what we were getting paid and tried to get on the same page with it as a resource, right? Like versus like, oh, it's a terrible thing. And it like broke up our families, but it's like, okay, we, we have goals. We want to start a family. Like how can we make this money like work for us instead of like be scared to look in our account every single day. And so I feel like a lot of the lies that I deal with now is 
you know, as an entrepreneur who has been able to build like successful businesses, it's like, I don't deserve this. Like, who am I? Like, I'm just some random person that decided I was going to do this. And now I'm supporting my family. And then I tell myself, oh, that's what my dad probably thinks. He's probably looking at me like, what does she even do? Like, who is she? You know? And it's like all of these thoughts that just kind of cripple me from time to time. Or, you know, if we, if we do feel secure and safe and I decide like, I want to invest in healing my gut, you know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. I definitely shouldn't do that. Even though technically I can, like, I'm not worth it. Do you know what I mean? Totally. How terrible does that sound? (laughs) No, I mean, I think everybody has those feelings at one point or another of like, you receive the money that you've been wanting. And then, then there comes more guilt around how do I deserve this? But, you know, it really comes down to you were, everyone was made from the divine. Like everyone was made perfectly. You deserve to feel financially supported. You deserve these funds. You know, it's a transactional relationship. People are paying you for your services or for your goods, and they're happy to pay you for those things. And you just, you deserve to feel supported by money. And I think it's a much bigger issue more than just money. I think feeling enough is just in general, an issue for a lot of people. That's definitely my big issue is never feeling enough. So then of course that can trickle down to money as well. Am I good enough to have this or, but everybody deserves to be good enough to have that. Yeah. Just restructuring the lies that we tell ourselves. So you even struggle with money. Mind. I mean, I think like, obviously it's a work in progress always, but like as someone who saves families and businesses, hundreds, I mean, how much, how much did you save your clients last year in taxes total? Uh, over a million dollars. Right. You saved people over a million dollars. And do you still find yourself having to actively work on your worth and your value? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely better for sure than where it was. And I can quickly or more quickly shift my mind, but I still have those moments of like, oh, that person just paid me, but I know that, you know, they're going through X, Y, Z situation. Like, do I deserve that? And then, yeah, I just switch it to, wait, why am I thinking like that? I just saved them, you know, five times as much as what they're paying me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's okay. Like the value is there. I provide high service. This is something I tell myself all the time. And it came from one of my like money coaches is Amanda Francis. You can find her on Instagram, but something she says all the time. And she sent me a mug that says it as well, but it says I am of high service and deserve massive compensation. And so I, you know, I have that mug that says that I have a post-it note right next to me on my wall that says that I write it in my journal. So whenever those kind of things come up, I just repeat to myself, like I am of high service and deserve massive compensation. And I think in any business or for any business owner, if you're rooted in service, then you deserve to be paid well. You know, if you're coming from a place of love and of service and you want to help somebody, then you deserve to be paid for it. If you're coming from like a shady place or, you know, a greedy Uh, place, uh then maybe not. But yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think 
it's, it's like also wrapped up in like, well, I'm a good person. Like I want to do this for other people because I care. And it's like, but you can still care and make yeah. a living. I mean, I care and make a lot of money. Right. Right. And I think yeah. it, again, it goes back to like that, that knowing that like you are providing high service to people. Like, I mean, you really are saving people so much and that's, that's important. So we talked about like some of the scarcity mindset stuff. And so, so scarcity versus abundance mindset. Can you kind of like lay that out a little bit more clearly? Like, cause I know that's another like buzzword, like you just don't have an abundance mindset or you're coming from a scarcity mindset place. Like what does that truly look like? Like in action? Yeah. Good question. And my husband like had a bunch of questions about that when I was kind of, you know, going through all these like money mindset courses and reading books and listening to podcasts and all the things. And, and I just kept telling him like, you have to vibe with it. Like you just have to vibe. And he's like, what are you talking about? So a scarcity mindset again, goes back to like all those lies we tell ourselves. We're not good enough. We don't deserve this. Money is limited. Money's going to run out. Money's going to go away. We can have this, but we can't have that. Money is evil. So all of those things are like scarcity mindset. If you're stressing about money every single month as you're trying to go through your bills, you know, that's a, that's a scarcity mindset. All of those lies have a vibe to them too. Like you can feel it when you're stressing out, right? Like your, your heart might race or, you know, you can feel your blood pressure going up or maybe your palms sweat or you get really snappy at your partner because you don't like to talk about money. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is a vibe and it's a low vibe. Like it's not a good one. And whatever we are putting out into the world, like we attract more of. So if we're constantly like frantic and stressed out and worried about money, then all we're going to see and all we're going to attract is money problems. Whereas the opposite, abundance mindset, so kind of, you know, shifting those beliefs and telling yourself that money is just a resource, money is unlimited, which that was a huge one for me. I always thought like money is just, you know, the paycheck I take home when I was working like for other people, you know, money is just my salary. And then I slowly like started to realize like I need to make more money than that. And so realizing that money is unlimited, there's literally money everywhere. It can never run out. And so if you're running out of money, like there are a million different ways to make more money. For me, when I was trying to pay off debt, like I sold all my things on Poshmark and and on Facebook Marketplace. My husband was working for Uber and Lyft, like after he got off his shift from the military, we got a roommate because they paid for half of our mortgage. We at one point like Airbnb'd a room out in our house. So I get, again, shifting to that unlimited resource mindset. And then when you're in that abundance mindset of like money is unlimited, money is safe, money supports me, all of those things, that is a vibe too. And it's a much higher vibe and you can sit in gratitude and calmness and Again, you're going to attract more of that when you're vibing that way. When you're when you're feeling more safe in your relationship with money, then you're going to attract money in very weird ways 
rather than being frantic and stressed and scaring it away and making more stress and craziness about around money. And if you dig into like some money mindset courses, you'll see all the time, like all the crazy ways people have attracted money when they start shifting their mindset. And I like didn't believe that at first when I was like doing all of these things. I'm like, what do you mean? Like money can just like come to me in weird ways. Well, like a few weeks ago, we got a $4,000 check from something super random that we would have never expected. That same week, we got another $900 check from also something like we had, it was not on our radar. When the people start vibing differently, like people come up to them and be like, Hey, can I buy your car? (laughs) Very weird things. People will get inheritances that they didn't even know about or like insurance money that you know, from three years ago, maybe they tried to to get reimbursed for something through insurance. Just like all these crazy, weird ways when you start living in this like calmness around money and believing that it's yours, seeing that it's yours. That's another thing that that I do a lot of is like probably a lot of people listening, they already do some sort of meditation and I love meditating. But one that I do around money is like feeling that it's already yours. So whatever your goal is, maybe for a lot of people, it's like, I want that six figure business. And so maybe you sit in a meditation and you already feel that you have that hundred thousand dollars. And how does it feel to have that? What will you be doing when you have those things? And you'll just feel yourself like vibe higher. I promise you. And if you can feel it, then it's going to be attracted to you. And the more times you do it, the easier it gets. So like, of course, you'll find yourself like getting stressed out about money for a second. And then you're like, wait, let me sit in like this high vibration, like my 100K business, my 100K business. For me, one I kind of like a affirmation I read last week that really stuck with me is like, I have a million dollar business. I might not have that yet, but... I have a million dollar business. Like it's mine. I already feel that it's mine. And what can I do today to like get me closer to that, Mm. to that goal? So it's more of like living in your goals, believing that it's already yours rather than living in the past and like being stressed out about, about what might happen, you know? And that happens in a lot of other things, not just money. You know, everyone gets anxious and stressed out about things that never happen. Right. And it's so interesting because I'm. it got me thinking, it was kind of random, our last retreat that you were a part of. And then Megan from Yes God Wellness, who we also both know and love, was talking about like this idea of manifest manifestation, essentially, and visualize, visualizing. And, you know, it still feels very unnatural for me, like the process of like, future self journaling or like manifesting a feeling Mm -hmm. versus like you're you're basically she talked about like chasing a feeling versus like chasing uh like a how like how how's it gonna happen Mm -hmm. like i'm I'm gonna do all these steps and then i'm gonna get there to my million dollar business but she talked a lot about like how you feel when you have this business like what's what's that gonna look like and like what are you gonna do in your day when you have like a million dollar business and it's still very unnatural for me like i want everyone to know if you're listening and you're like manifestation like i i don't i don't know about that like it feels very unnatural for someone who's very like science minded i would consider mm-hmm. myself very like no like i just work 
X, Y, Z hours. And then I will get there. Like there's nothing like woo woo about it, but I will tell you since I've started doing a lot of that stuff in my business, it has significantly changed the energy like like you're mm-hmm. describing. But I mean, obviously there's things that come up and I still get stressed, but like for the most part, it's been a huge I don't know. It's it's I mean, you watch my business. You you're our yeah. tax person. Like you you see it. But the times when I am like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening? Like what are we going to do?" it also adjusts accordingly, like in a not so great way. So yeah, it's so interesting. It's so, so interesting. That's a great point though. I'm glad you brought it up. Like, you know, having a very science backed mind and I do too, right? Like I'm very like money and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actual things. So it is weird, right? I get it. It's weird. And I don't know how it works either, but I also like don't need to know how it works, but it does. And that's freaking cool. <laughs> and like, I always bring it back to my husband. Cause he's also very like matter of fact, like you're very woo woo. Why are you being so weird? <laughs> type of thing. So I have to like, try to explain it to him. And something that helped with him is like, well, we go to church, right? And that's not like science, yeah. Math, yeah. you know, it's very much faith-based. Like you have to put faith into a lot of that stuff. Cause when you start thinking about it, you can just like go down this rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how or why, or, you know, whatever. And so it's the same thing. Like, and for me, it helps to think about it as more of like, something related with God or religion, like it is all the same thing. Like we are just, you know, vibing with something higher than ourselves and we don't need to know how it works, but it does work. And when you see it work, like you'll believe it more and more, you still Mm. won't know why yeah, or you won't know how, but it'll just be like, okay, cool. Like you won't need the answers as much. Absolutely. And I think like, obviously like we're talking about religion or God or whatever, but like, no matter what it is that you like a a lot of people kind of envision like the universe you said, or like, you know, nature or whatever it is that you're vibing high, like on a higher frequency frequency with, like it's still, it's like, you still don't really understand everything, like how the universe works or how like physics for God's sakes, like we, we know like a lot about it, but we still don't know everything about it. Like we don't know everything about like dark matter and, like that's real scientific stuff that we still don't understand how it all works. And so I think that's so important. It's like, we don't necessarily need to know regardless of what it is that you like believe in. This is getting real deep right now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love it, but regardless of what it is, like we don't have to know. And I think that is hard for a lot of people, myself included. <laughs> totally. But I think the overarching thing is like our mind can affect other things. And, you know, we see it all the time. Like if we get in our head, like right now, I really want a Tesla. That's like my, my goal. I have a really old Prius with like 200 something miles on it. So I'm like trying to figure out what my next car will be. And I'm like, I really want this Tesla. So like everywhere I'm seeing all these dang Teslas. (laughs) Whereas like before, you know, it's just like, oh, whatever, millions of different cars drive by. But it's because it's like on my mind and I'm like attracting that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it does work. There's actually even CIA 
studies, they actually just released these like classified documents from the CIA called the Syntergic Effect. And you can Google it, probably kind of hard to find the CIA documents, but it's called the Syntergic Effect. And this doctor, you know, has done thousands of different studies on whether it's like grandfather clocks or flipping coins or this or that, where your mind actually has affected the outcome of something. And so it's really cool. So for those science people that like do need something more science back, there is actually some science behind it. That is so interesting. I listened yeah. to a podcast called Supernatural because even though even though I consider myself a very like fact detail oriented person, I'm fascinated by like the the unknown essentially and there's so much space for it here in the world like and they talk about stuff like that things that you know like experiments or like things that have like been done in the CIA and the FBI like to like things we would never think are real that yeah. are are real so anyways <laughs> totally totally on a tangent there but if you're into that sort of thing supernatural podcast is really really fascinating okay so <laughs> let's steer it back from the like yeah, the supernatural and talk to us. Cause I know we don't have a ton of time left with you. Let's talk about some actionable steps then. So I know you mentioned like meditation and, and journaling and kind of like having some affirmations around money, but like what else, because, and not everyone is an entrepreneur that's listening to our podcast. There are a lot of people who, you know, work for a company or a, another business, but like someone or even like envision like someone hires you to help them with their taxes or their business or whatever. Like what are some of the things that you like actionable steps that you have people kind of go through to start working on this like money mindset process? Yeah. First would be to know your goals and talk about them with your partner if you have one. Cause a lot of times you guys will have different goals. Like my husband and I have different goals and that's okay. We can still work on them together and come up with common ground. But first it's like, figure out your goals. You don't need to worry about how you're going to get there. You know, if that's, I want $2 million in my retirement account, like, of course that's going to sound like a big and scary goal, but write it down anyway, because there are steps, small steps that you can do now to do that. So write down your money goals. And also just try to realize your money traumas. That was a huge one. And if I could give homework to everyone listening, it would be to write down your money traumas. And you might not even realize that you have them. But once you like start writing them down, you're like, oh, shit, my parents like really messed <laughs> up. But and that doesn't mean that you had to come from no money, right? Everyone has a different story. There's definitely people with backgrounds that they were very well off, but their parents still had a money mindset of that money is going to go away or that money will run out or we can't spend that money because then it will go away. So it doesn't mean that you had to come from a poor background or a rich background. Everyone has kind of their, the things they heard growing up from their parents. So try to, try to find what those were, write them down and try to link it to how you act today and see if you can change them. Like one that I noticed for me that was really weird was when we did go out to eat when I was younger, which wasn't very often, but when we did, like we went to Taco Bell. Okay. And I couldn't get a soda because that's too much money. You know, that's extra money that we couldn't afford. So then I found myself like as an adult, I would never order like drinks when I was 
going out to dinner. And I'm like, wait, but I can order drinks. Like, that's okay. I'm not going to be poor. And if I order a cocktail or a soda or whatever, I mean, I don't drink soda, but a sparkly water or something. So try to like link that to those weird little idiosyncrasies that you have today. Maybe change them to something healthier, but still honor how you feel. Like don't beat yourself up over these things that have been ingrained in you. Still honor how you feel. And then just choose a new story. Choose a new way of acting. Sorry, I kind of veered off track there, but you know, write your goals, figure out your money traumas, see if you can change them. And then I mean, that's really it on the mindset portion of it on your side. You asked about like when when clients are working with me, it's really more of figuring out your goals and then making small steps to get there. So like a big taboo topic whenever I bring it up with clients is retirement. They're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that because they're probably not contributing anything yet. But it's so much easier than you think if you just like talk about it with someone. I mean, if you just contribute $150 a month to some sort of investment stock market, 401k or something, then in 30 years, you'll have a million dollars. Like it doesn't take you know, this thousands of dollars that people might think it's just very small steps. And just to start taking action, even if it's like messy action, even if you don't really know all the answers, like I shared on Instagram, I don't know, a week or two ago, like I didn't start investing in anything in the stock market till it was like exactly a year ago. And I still don't know like everything about it, but I just do it because it makes you money and you don't have to be scared around it. So just taking small steps, small actionable steps. Hi friends, Laura here with a quick break to tell you a little bit about one of our absolute favorite products and companies. Our friends at Paleo Valley are on a mission to help people reclaim vibrant health, providing products that prioritize nutrient density in an industry that prioritizes everything else. They believe that every dietary choice and every added ingredient is a powerful opportunity to love and care for ourselves. And we couldn't agree more. I love the Organ Complex and C-Serum for everyday holistic health support. And the beef and turkey sticks are our favorite travel essentials when we're out in the van. And right now we are digging the super greens. They're organic, they're non-GMO, and they contain the actual ingredients that you can use that aren't going to cause inflammation. And right now you can get 15% off of your Paleo Valley order with the code MODERNMAMAS. Check it out. Yeah, that's, gosh, it's just, I'm like nodding my head along with a lot of the stuff that you were saying about like going out to the restaurant. I still do that. I'm like, I really want a tea, but like, I don't, shouldn't get a tea. It's going to, it's going to make our bill so high. I'm like, it's a dollar. You deserve a tea. (laughs) You know, and sometimes I'm like, there's other reasons behind it. It's like, I don't need a tea because I don't want to stay up late or whatever. But like, you know, a lot of it does go back to like, I don't want to spend that money on something. So that's so interesting. Just I feel like a lot of us probably think very, very similarly. And I love those action steps as well. I think, like you said, having goals, because I also want to touch on, this is not obviously a professional opinion, but like there are times where, you know, you and your partner can be like, oh, we're stressed about money. But right now our priority is I, I want to be able to stay home with the kiddos. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I want to be doing. Like, can I go out and get a job? Of course. like. Yes, you probably can, but then there's all these things that kind of go into it. So it's like, 
you would, if you really wanted to like move your money needle, like you would find a different way. Like you said, like sell some stuff on Poshmark or start a side business or whatever it is. But like, sometimes there are times, at least in my life where I've chosen, I've chosen to not do that extra thing or go that extra mile for a variety of reasons. But I mean, don't you think there's like, there's, it kind of like goes in waves because it's a, a big picture, right? Like yeah, where your life 100%. is. I mean, your goals will constantly change. You know, if your goals right now are to stay at home till the kids are five and they're in kindergarten, then 100%, like those should be your goals. Definitely. You'll just have to change the way money is spent. Probably if you're used to two incomes and going down to one, and that's okay. Still knowing that like money is unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like if they're, if you can stay home, but like maybe you need an extra few hundred dollars to cover the mortgage, like there's still ways for you to make money and still stay home. You know, hey, beauty counters one of them. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> little pitch for you. No. <laughs> but there's still a million different ways. Like you can babysit other people's kiddos. You mm-hmm. could start a home daycare. You could take surveys online. Although I don't know, I've never really seen those things work, but (laughs) you know, there's like a ton of different things if staying at home is the goal. So yeah, I mean, honor any, any goal that you want. Absolutely. And I, cause I know I, I'm sure there's people staying at home or listening around being like, I need to go get, like, I need to do all the things. And like, your goal is your goal. Like, cause Tim and I are very different too. Like, and I think a lot of this goes back to like, me also limiting myself in some way, shape or form. But like, he's like, let's crush this. Let's do all the things. Let's like move to the mountains and have a beautiful home. And I'm like, well, I'll just be fine with like the car that we have and like the house that we have. And that's true. That's absolutely true. Like my probably grand visions are a little bit different than his are right now. And that's okay too. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you can have, like you said, like you can have different goals and different dreams and still find ways to like both get there. But like, again, I I need to go revisit like why I sometimes limit myself about dreaming big because you can tell yourself, well, I don't really want like to buy a house or I don't really want to like anything, like it'd be anything. Like I don't really want to get like an athleta jacket, which is something that I've been eyeing and like talking myself out of it, out of for like a long time because I don't need it. Right. <laughs> but I really, really, really want it. And is that like a true, is that truly me talking? Like, I don't, I don't really want it or I don't need it. Or is it me like not feeling like I am worth it? You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I was like kind of a tangent. Totally makes sense. I think it's just really getting to the root cause of that feeling like is it and it's okay to not want a house right Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people that are like nomads and they like my husband would totally live in a van and like we wouldn't own a house that we live in just houses that people pay us rent Mm -hmm. and that's okay to have that goal but is it fear-based of Mm -hmm. like if I own a house then I'm gonna have no money or is it that you truly just have a different goal and Mm -hmm. that's okay too Mm -hmm. so just find the root cause of it and, and I think what you brought up about the athletic jacket is something everyone kind of struggles with too. I mean, of course, don't rack up tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt just because you wanted all these things, but, but maybe you have an abundance mindset, which makes you make more money this month. And therefore, since you made more money, 
you know, feel free to buy that athleta jacket. But then that also gets hairy, like don't tie your worth to how much you're making and what you deserve. So it's kind of like a fine line to walk on. But Mm -hmm. like, if your bills are paid and your goals are being met, then like indulge a little bit Mm because that's okay too. And don't feel guilty when you buy it. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big thing too. Like when you like swipe that card, don't have a weird feeling it. I there's got a, so much work wait, to do on that. I was going to say, I've got so yeah. much work to do on that because there's a lot of guilt. A lot there's of a guilt. good book. I listened to it on Audible, but it's called Happy Money. And it's again about Asian culture and money because they view it a lot differently than we do. But the whole premise of it is like in Asian culture, when you meet someone, they ask to see your wallet. And so you hand them your wallet and you would think that they're looking for like how much money you have in there, but really they're feeling your wallet to see if like there's happy money in there or Mm. sad money. And they say like, whenever you exchange money with somebody, there is essentially like a vibe to it, right? Like it's Mm. either happy or sad. So when you're swiping that card, like be happy with that money. So then that item that you purchased, you know, doesn't have like a guilt associated with that. Mm. And same with like, like tipping whenever like I tip someone, I just like feel gratitude for them. Like Instead of, oh man, I wish I didn't like have to add, you know, 30% to this bill or whatever you're tipping. Cause then you're giving that person sad money. Like you want to give them happy money. So then it, you know, rotates around the world in a happy, a happy way. Again, very woo woo, but I like it though. I really like it. I, I think there's a lot of work to be done. And it's just like you said, it's like a lot of it isn't like, oh, like let's look at our 401k plan and like make sure we're, investing and like checking off these lists. A lot of it is like, we come back to it over and over again on this podcast. It's mindset work. It's like sometimes even therapy, like just got like around money. Like, why do I feel this way? It's so much deeper. And so I love that whole, like the mind, the mindset around it. I think that's huge. So yeah. you're the best. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I, I know we're kind of wrapping up. We had a few questions and I, I don't want to neglect these, but they're kind of, they didn't really fit into the flow of the conversation too well, like I was hoping they would, but uh, we got a lot of questions about like some, some tips up around like small business deductions, saving money when you're starting a small business. And I know you've written a lot of content on this, like in, in social media and like through your newsletter, but like we, we do have some, some entrepreneurs out there who are listening and following along and just curious, like if you had to give some, some tips for people starting small businesses or who own them already, like what would those initial tips be? Yeah. So first I would say definitely like search around my website and, or find me on Instagram at your tax coach. There is like so much content on there. I would be like blabbering on for hours, but (laughs) just some like quick tips is like, just start. If you're starting your business, like just start. I am very much like a perfectionist. And when I started my business, it was very hard for me to be like, wait, but I need to do this. And I need to do this before I can launch. And like, I need to do X, Y, Z, but it's like, no, just start and you'll figure it out along the way. And so it would be like, just start, start messy. However, from the beginning, definitely track your expenses. Like that is huge. And something I come across all the time is like, during tax season, they're like, oh, I haven't like kept track of anything for last year. 
And of course you can go back and like go through your statements and do all the things, but I guarantee you, you're going to miss some expenses, which is costing you money because the less expenses you have, the more taxes you pay. So biggest tip would be track expenses and keep your receipts. Yes, you have to keep receipts. The IRS will not take bank statements as a justification for your expense. So keep receipts, try to get them emailed to yourself as much as possible because then you can just file it away in like a receipts folder in your email. And as far as deductions, I have a freebie too. Like feel free to reach out. I have like a business do's and don'ts of expenses I can send to you if you email me. But that kind of lists out all the different expenses, the do's and don'ts. But you know, if you have a home office, that's a big one, which there's different ways to calculate that. But definitely, if you have a home office, you're entitled to that deduction, your cell phone expenses, internet, all the different apps that we have to pay for now. If you're paying for like Canva or Adobe or YouTube premium, or you listen to music while you're working, like all of those things are business deductions. If you have to take Photos for your business, like obviously paying the photographer is an expense, but maybe sometimes the clothing that you buy for that photo shoot can be deducted and your hair and makeup and that sort of thing. That's on a case by case basis. We can talk (laughs) on that, but just things to think about, like if you have self-employed health insurance or other types of insurance, some taxes and fees can be deducted traveling and trying to figure out how to make travel, a business expense. That's a huge one. I love helping people with that because, hey, if you can travel and make it a business expense, like that's awesome. Yeah. Those are great places to start. And I love that you have the resources we can point point people to. And I also want to point out, we, we got kind of like a question about like, someone was like, I just want her to like talk about how like all of these things are like legal ways to pay less taxes. Because I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, this is cheating. Like I got to find all the loopholes. But these are literally legal ways that people can save money and keep it within their business. And like they exist for that reason. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think you're more talking about tax strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I specialize in and that's like really digging into people's businesses and finding all the ways for them to save in taxes. So if you looked at the tax code, right, it's millions and millions of words and a majority of them are carved out for business owners. And all they are, are different ways of expensing or deducting or loopholes or exceptions, right? A lot of it's like exceptions, which turn into, you know, people know that as loopholes. And so tax strategy is finding all of those legal loopholes that apply to your business, to your niche, to your industry, to the structure of business that you are. And so Yeah, of course, there's legal loopholes. There's a ton of different restructuring techniques. There's over 30 different types of accounting methods. Most people just think there's like cash and accrual, but there's over 30 of them. And that can save people millions of dollars. There's, of course, maximizing your deductions. Most of the time, people are missing out on on all of the deductions that they're eligible for. There is a ton of retirement planning that can be a business deduction you can do. There's also, of course, retirement plans that are non-business deductions, just kind of depends on your goals, what you want, 
how you want to diversify. There's legal loopholes to like pay for your kid's college in your business. And people are like, what? No, that's illegal. <laughs> nope, there is a legal way to do that. Feel free to reach out and I can help you. On <laughs> that. But I help people do that all day long. And that's one of my favorite tax strategies. But but yeah, there are hundreds and hundreds of different tax strategies people can use to save in taxes. And, you know, it happens all day long and people don't realize it, right? Like Amazon doesn't pay any taxes, yet they bring in billions of dollars a day. You know, it was just on the news, like Trump's taxes, you know, he paid very little, which is kind of inaccurate. He did pay millions in taxes. It's just in different businesses. So then when it flows to his personal, he doesn't have to pay very much. But a majority of that is due to tax strategy. And like, I'm sure he paid his tax strategist like millions of dollars. But <laughs> yeah, all of it is legal. And amazing. And I, I, wa- I want to say, because I, I want anyone who's listening out there who has a business or multiple businesses, or I mean, I know you do tax preparation as well, but like the tax strategy that it was really what saved us. I think we were going to pay, and I don't mind sharing, I think we were going to owe like $30,000 or something this past year, and you saved us. <laughs> and you literally, I meant to share a little bit more about my story, but that is really the where obviously not having to like prepare our own taxes was valuable, but like that's really what brought us peace, what brought us like like allowed you who is amazing at this. This is your job. This is what lights you up. This is your passion to do something that you love and take it off of our plate, which was something we literally, I I rarely use the word hate, but like (laughs) hate to think about. I hate tax season. I hate thinking about like all the things we don't know. And I knew we were missing out on so much. And I knew that there was just like a better answer and you really, really saved us and allowed us to continue to grow our businesses in a time where that's not always the case right now, especially like in 2020. And so we're so grateful for you. So if anyone's listening and all of this is like piquing your interest, I'm going to plug for you. Please reach out to Barbara because she's amazing. I know you're like booked up like crazy too. So maybe there's a wait list, but I still, I think you're worth the wait. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm booking like in December. So people can still definitely reach out and we can get tax strategies before year end or if they just need tax preparation. Of course, I can help with that too. But but yeah, it's awesome. good to be busy. I'm it grateful. Is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, friend. So we can find you at your tax coach on, on Instagram. Is there any other places that you like hang out or places that other people can get in touch with you? I mean, Instagram's really where it's at. I'm on there the most. I just started tweeting this week. Ooh, <laughs> big move. I feel very like <laughs> old because I'm like, what is this tweeting thing? <laughs> but yeah, I would say Instagram or you can go on my website, yourtaxcoach.biz and fill out the little form for us to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, friend. I hope you have a good mm-hmm. rest of your day and we're so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Okay, talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.